This podcast contains explicit content. Hardly Focused presents Jack and Jack Show. Zach. In the Navy. Jack. My mother's my sister. Zach. That's a nice booty. You are listening to Jack and Jack Show. The balance beam. Welcome to the Ack and Jack Show. Chris Acciardi, Jack Gill, Zach Ward. You can get us at ackandjack.com. That is A-C-C and jack.com. Hello, Ack. Couldn't you? Uh, every single time I think I've got this intro figured out, you throw me a curveball. <laughs> was, that, was that the curveball? Couldn't you? No, the the Grand Theft Auto NPC dialogue instead of our usual racial stereotype. <laughs> I had to change it up a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I like it. I had to cycle out the Grand Theft Auto uh, NPC. I, I went from San Andreas. Well, it was a combination of Vice City and San Andreas. And now I went exclusively with Grand Theft Auto 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a there's an NPC that used to walk around Liberty City who was this fat uh, redheaded guy. And... If you walked up to him, he'd have kind of a dopey sounding voice and he sounded kind of like it was like a guy doing a Forrest Gump impression. And I just one night found myself listening to the isolated pedestrian sound drops. And th- that fat guy at one point says, uh, uh, I miss you, Jedney. <laughs> and I never heard it in the game before. It's there. But I never it like it just I guess it just gets cut off when you're, you know, shooting up everything in sight true yeah i feel like gta 3 is is in some ways the best for pedestrian dialogue because it's just the least coherent it's the least coherent it's the least serious yeah Uh, and i I, they they we're still they hadn't honed their craft yet they Mm -hmm. had they hadn't gotten it down yet um uh, zach hello hello Uh, good to see you good to see all, all of you yeah, I have to say, um, I, I feel like Ak today very much looks like um, his name is John Every Lawyer, because you just <laughs> you look you, you look just very like ge- generic um, businessman today. Yeah, without like any of the the facial hair. I look particularly white male thirty or twenty nine to thirty two demographic. <laughs> yes, everybody listens to my suggestions, no matter how dumb they are. <laughs> that is that is what I say on a daily basis. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, Ak, I haven't uh, seen you clean shaven. I don't even know when the last time I saw you without a beard was. Yeah, it's been a while. You really have to catch me in a very narrow window. I shaved last night, um, <laughs> and I'll have a full beard again by this time next week. So, <laughs> and then I'm too lazy to shave for the next two months. So it's really just a roll of the dice whether you'll ever get to see me actually clean shaven. I'm really happy because, um, like, I almost didn't comment on it for a moment because, like, wait, did I actually see Ak with a beard? Because it's just like it's just it, like I don't know what it is. It just it just feels like you've always had your your face shaved. Now I don't know what it is. Yeah, you just I, have I, that energy. I didn't shave. I retconned to having always been shaved. <laughs> um, that's a, that's a, a, a nearly useful superpower. 
Mm -hmm. So I wish Ak, I had your uh, ability to grow facial hair that fast because mm -hmm. I recently I didn't shave off the whole beard. I just trimmed it, but I ended up like I, I thought I was going to give it some length and it ended up being far too close. Yeah. And at least it'll grow back. But it, I had a pretty epic beard going. Yeah. And then I shaved it and uh, then uh, people don't like you when you go from having a beard to no longer having a beard. I don't know if you, uh, me, me, it's just me. And there's a lot of people that just don't like me in general, but <laughs> I don't know if you're experiencing the, the, the same act where you're just wishing that uh, all that facial hair you had would just come back in an instant. And it sounds like, it sounds like it might, but yeah, it's, it's in case of predators, I can just sort of curl up inside of it. Do you keep a, uh, do, do you keep like a lollipop hidden in it? Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it, it is interesting because um, I didn't realize it until you said this, Jack, but I, I guess you would be your stereotypical needs facial hair or want to punch meter goes up. And then for Ak, it's just like, oh, yes, sir. Um, how can I help you today? Like, I don't know. It's just some people can do that and some people can't. <laughs> uh, here's how it is with me. It's if I have the facial hair and if i have especially the beard that i had until recently then uh i can go to like any bar any pub and they don't card me it's wonderful <laughs> i'm sure the tattoos play a role in that but yeah i just it, it very rarely do i get carded now however if i'm clean shaven as ak is then the tone changes to uh is your mother here <laughs> <laughs> do your parents know where you are See, what keeps happening to me is every time I shave, it happens to be right before a tuxedo-clad football game where all of my friends start calling me babyface and then going cheap, 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 cheap to me. And then one of my friends gets tackled and falls on the pavement and we never see them again. Cheap, 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 cheap. <laughs> uh, good old game of toss the football to one another. <laughs> Uh, Zach, you please tell me you've seen the room, right? The film um, room. Honestly, I I haven't actually sat down and fully watched it. That's another one of those I've only seen through clips. You're you're aware of its existence, but uh, you've never delved fully into the madness, right? Yes. So, like, I I I know the notable points. Um, but I haven't gotten the full experience for myself where I, you know, um, burned those uh, brain cells that will never come back. Well, we <laughs> what a story, make a, Mark. <laughs> we got to make a day of this at some point. Oh, yes. I, I, I will never forget when I lived with Stefan and his brother would always greet people with, uh, oh, hi, Jack. Oh, hi, Stefan. Oh, hi, dog. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> and finally, well, finally, one day I say to Justin, I'm like, yo, so what's your favorite part of the room? And he just looks at me. He's like, the what? <laughs> I'm like, the, the, the room, the movie, the room, the, the film you have been quoting this whole time. And he's like, what have I been quoting? I'm like, you're kidding me. 
you don't know what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> so we all act. I think you were there for this. We all gathered yeah. in, in Stefan's living room and we made Justin watch the room. And I, did we watch the Rift Tracks version or was it just by itself? Probably the Rift Tracks version. Okay. At least I've, I've, I've only seen it um, without any riffing once. And that was uh, at a theater, um, a Coolidge Corner Theater. They did like the midnight showing and the uh, the host, the I don't know if it was the owner of the theater or just an employee got very mad at us because some like cult horror movie that is considered like actually very good was playing like in the next theater over. And he was basically saying like all of you who came out tonight to intentionally watch this sack of shit movie and not an actually good movie, which is one room over for the same price. What the hell is wrong with you? Anyway, enjoy the room. <laughs> you are tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what the fuck? Like, do, do you know what movie it was? I was planned. You don't I know? wish I could. It was some, it was a horror movie. I'm pretty sure, but I just don't remember which one. Some okay. like eighties horror movie. Okay. I mean that really narrows the list down. <laughs> the eighties was a was a wonderful time for horror movies, especially yeah. bad horror movies. Um, but yeah, Justin, I thought he was going to have a heart attack. He was laughing so hard. Yes, because he didn't know. He really didn't know what this was. And then now it's he still will randomly text me just quotes from the movie to this day. Yeah, uh, that hijack. That's just to be able to be in the company in the presence of someone experiencing something like that for the first time. It's magical. I love it. It sounds like we can do this with Zach. Yeah. We did this. Can, should, must. We did it a few years ago uh, on the show uh, where uh, we, we introduced people to the room for the first time and I made them watch it and... They were just, they were angry with me afterwards. <laughs> Although it was, it was not the Rift Tracks version, so that probably yeah. played a role in it. Mm -hmm. The Rift Tracks version helps you get through those 15-minute long sex scenes. Of which there are far too many. Yeah. However many sex scenes you're assuming there are, there's more. <laughs> yeah, Zach, it's not, oh. it, it's not a cumulative 15 minutes of sex. It's every single sex scene just goes on goes on and it doesn't stop and then the the lady that played lisa later on was like he kept thrusting into my belly button <laughs> oh that's uncomfortable <laughs> oh so it's decided we're gonna we're all gonna get together for the first time in years just to watch the room with zach i cannot wait Zach, you better look I forward need, to it. We're gonna, we, need, we need wings over Worcester. I'll bring the football. Uh, wing, <laughs> uh, wings over Worcester, not a bad idea. Uh, not a bad idea. I haven't had wings in a long, long, long time. Shout out to uh, wings over Worcester. They have a, um, wings over uh, uh, stores out here, which is I, uh, honestly good, but... Um, Nothing will beat that. Like, it's really funny, that very first time of, like, doing, um, like, experiencing something like that. Like, like, the very first time I had wings was just, like, magical. Yeah. And, like, I know I'll never fully get that back, but. Mm -hmm. 
it is still good. I don't know. It's just something comical about a restaurant called Wings Over Stores. (laughs) (laughs) And it probably, I'm guessing Wings Over Stores, you can just easily drive up to it or it has an accessible parking lot. uh, And I'm guessing it's just a very easy restaurant to get into. Um, I mean, fairly, it's like this general area is kind of like a college town, but like, like suburban slash rural, um, like setting. So it's like, you can walk in, but it's, it's not like a sit down kind of, well, you know, thinking about it like this, I, the only couple times I went were in the middle of lockdown. Um, so I don't know if like the inside seating has changed, but it's pretty. It was pretty small on the inside where mm-hmm. I was when I went there. So I, I mentioned that because if you recall, Wings Over Worcester is like a it's like a rite of passage going there, not just because of the quality of the food or what it will do to your rectum, uh, depending on how strong the sauces that you get. But uh, it's in Kelly Square, mm-hmm. so you're risking life and limb just to get there. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like in general, I can't recall any time where, like, there's been, like, ridiculous people. Like, I feel like Wings is, like, a safe zone. It's just Wings. Like, like, be cool. Be chill. We're getting our Wings right now. Like, I I can't recall any time you're hearing somebody's just acted up in the, um, the Wings line. But... Also, with the updates to Kelly Square, um, it isn't nearly as a murderous death trap. Um, now it's just like a pretty efficiently flowing murderous death trap. Yes, that is accurate. Uh, speaking of gathering, Zach, since you just mentioned this, uh, Becky and I, uh, this is to- totally local. Anyone outside of really even like the Worcester areas, again, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but uh, Becky and I, uh, we were at the Auburn Mall yesterday. Which, as far as shopping, uh, yes. as far as shopping malls go, uh, this is still like pretty active. Okay, uh, like most, you know, shopping malls are all just dead or or dying, and mm-hmm. this one I'd say is probably like only twenty five percent dead. But all they right. but they have this store that used to be a. Uh, it used to be like a kiosk in the middle, like in the middle of the walkway of the mall, and they ended up moving into their own store space. It's called Otaku Sekai, Otaku okay. Sekai, and it's like it's it's a Japanese like pop culture store. So you go in, there's like there's there's manga and there's like ramune and the candy and uh, just like toys and trinkets and everything. But it's also just like you can literally it's like a lounge for nerds, huh? They're, yeah, I'm looking at it now. They're just like we walk in and they have like a greeter who's like, if you've never been there, they explain how it is. And like, if you just want to hang out and watch anime or play video games, feel free. And it's just a giant. There's like two open lounge areas. And there was just there were just uh, nerds like myself. I'll just gather around, just all watching anime. You don't have to, you don't have to pay for the time. You don't have to buy anything. If you just want to go out and, and hang at, at, the, at this place at Otaku Sakai, you can. Yeah, I uh, I just went, I looked up their website, and I'm first I'm greeted by a picture that says, it's Waifu Wednesday, which, disregarding the fact that it's Monday, I, I, I admire their effort. Uh, it sounds like every day is Wednesday for them. <laughs> <laughs> huh, so um, they apparently have 
a um, Japanese-inspired maid and butler cafe. So you get an experience, a taste of Akihabara culture. Oh, weird. Nice. That's one of those things that, like, every... Now, I... I'm not the biggest anime watcher. I've watched maybe like half a dozen or so in recent years. Like every single one of them references maid cafes. And every time I'm like, what the ever loving fuck is a maid cafe? Oh, wait. So you don't know what, what that is? I mean, I assume it's a cafe where the, where the waitress is dressed up as maids, but it's just an unheard of phenomenon in the West. That simply isn't um, the thing we do here. (laughs) <laughs> no, so like it's like, and um, there's also like, um, I believe they're like, I don't know if it's like host club is the correct term, but like that's like the female equivalent where they go and there's like, um, you know, really nicely dressed and like um, posh looking like guys that are like serving them and like they mm-hmm. get to like, they, they um, sit down and like enjoy and like have like chat with them and like they, you know. Um, and it's the same thing. Like, I don't know. It's a very interesting, um, I would feel very awkward doing something like that. And like, I, I don't feel like, like I would enjoy that, but like they've made cafes, like cat cafes or like, you know, the kitty girls. It, that's, it, that's a huge trope in um, anime and manga. Yeah, it feels like, as with most aspects of Japanese culture that I've discovered over the years, it is a very strange mixture of childlike, infantilizing innocence and aggressive horniness. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) When I walked into the store yesterday, I was greeted by a lot of large-breasted prints of women. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just tits everywhere, like covered tits, but just a lot of tits, and that's just Japan loves to go balls deep into the uncanny valley. Yeah, it's very strange, man. I mean, I'm sure you could go. For, we could talk for hours about like the merits and the like, the cultural impact of all this stuff. But to my white ass, I, I see this and I just go, boy, they're strange people. <laughs> <laughs> It's very, it's very startling to me every time I, I, I see anything like this. I, I do want to point out too that uh, uh, Otaku Sekai, the uh, store is in what used to be a Hollister. Now, if you remember in shopping malls, Hollisters had very elaborate, uh, like external designs where it looks like you're walking into like a a beachfront property, mm. and like it's, it's the design of the store is what someone thinks a beachfront property in California looks like when in reality they live in Kansas. <laughs> and it was and, and you can still smell that uh that like perfume that they would literally spray out of the ceilings onto the clothes. I'm sure it's soaked into the material of whatever the inside <laughs> is at that point. It's like a, it's like the, the subway in a Blockbuster that you I'm, I'm sure yes. I'm sure that place still smells like um, Subway, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because now it's a medical facility, right? <laughs> so it's, it smells like diarrhea in Subway. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> but it's awful. Yeah, but at least I guess like the plus side is just because of how big Hollister stores are or were. Um, it, it gives them more space for the nerds to hang out and uh, and watch uh, anime, suggestive anime. 
but uh, Zach, what is your uh, favorite anime? Oh, it's a it's a hard one. Like my the first one it usually jumps out to my brain is Cowboy Bebop. Hell yeah! Just because like it like it's so well done and the music is so good. It just like, it's got replay value. And as someone like me with complex ADHD, like I usually don't like rewatching or replaying things. Like usually like um, case in point that time that we went to see, uh, I just, I, 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 can't, I just remember this. The time I went to see um, the dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with you guys. I have never seen the movie again i've never rewatched it like so like i just that is that um i still just remember seeing it in theaters and like that was the only time i like rewatched that cuz i wanted to hold on to that memory also i thought it was great because um there is an asshole in the front seat and i remember you specifically jack kicking his seat and then people <laughs> cheering yeah cuz he wouldn't uh, get off his phone little shit i do remember that I vividly remember that because it was directly in front of me. It was blinding me the whole time. And I finally got fed up with them. Yeah. Um, I also saw the dark Knight in theaters, I think four times. I've never done that before, but that it is such an okay film. And I've seen it four times in the theater. Um, I, I agree. Zach cowboy bebop, uh, top tier. Uh, and then I would say, uh, neon Genesis evangelion is my second. Yeah, I need to really that I need to go back and rewatch. And also, um, if you've never seen or heard of it before, um, this is a deep cut. Serial, uh, a serial experiments lane. That was back when uh, Tech TV, before Tech TV was um, G four, and they had like that random time of night when they had anime. Like that was like one of the trippiest like animes I have ever seen, and it is one of those where you have to like watch it five or six or seven or eight times and you still won't understand what the fuck is happening. You have to re- literally read a I synopsis. I feel that way a lot. Read- <laughs> but like literally you read the synopsis and you're just like, I still don't understand what the hell I just watched, but like I, it's, it's good. And that the opening song and it fucking slaps. It's so good. Um, that's but how, those that- would probably be like my top two. Okay, that's generally how I feel about anime. Zach is mm-hmm. same, same exactly like what Act just said. Uh, I will not understand it the first time around. So let me tell you, as someone that watches anime and reads manga and plays a lot of uh, Japanese games with crazy, long, convoluted storylines, Serial Experiments Lane. I don't think I will ever fully understand, and that's saying something. It, Cause like there's a lot of animes that have very complicated stories that are easier to understand than that one, but mm-hmm. I totally recommend it just because it's like such a trippy watch. Just go into it not anticipating understanding anything. I guess. It, it, like literally, <laughs> yeah, literally it, there's a lot of just like blending of what is real and what is reality, and like like the main character is has like one personality and then there's like another personality of the main character, but then you don't understand do people really see and interact with that personality. It is so, it's just so mind blowingly confusing. And Mm -hmm. the amount of times that that show has been on when I've been like sick and like fever dream state and just like, (laughs) ah, 
Oh, what Jesus. is happening? <laughs> it is the best time to watch stuff, though. I remember it, watching Spawn the first time in a fever dream. Oh, good lord! Really? Yeah, that was yeah, that was that was weird. I immediately recognized John Leguizamo, though. That was strange. He probably saved your life. <laughs> 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 yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, dude, I can't think of anything worse to watch during a fever dream. <laughs> yeah, no, it was bad. I don't know what what was going going on in my brain. I just like I was like, I'm watching Spawn right now. I I I don't understand. I don't remember any of what happened. I just remember just John Leguizamo's face. I, I That's feel the only like thing I remember. I think we're gonna have a Candle Cove situation on our hands, Jack, where we're gonna go look up this anime and just find a support group for parents very concerned by their children watching the static <laughs> on the TV. <laughs> this is my favorite show. <laughs> Zach, it's just a, an amalgamation of tropes here. Zach watching the static, and then his head turns around to full 180 degrees and goes, hey, yeah, and then violently vomits pea soup everywhere. Yeah, I wish I had a special effects setup right now, so I just go like, oh, and the screen just goes black. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ak, uh, your favorite anime? Um. So, yeah, Cowboy Bebop's a classic. I, I feel like I have to divide anime into two categories. There's the, like, older classic good stuff, most of which Stephanie has, has introduced me to over the years. Um, Cowboy Bebop being, like, the most iconic of those, like FLCL. Um, oh, yes. Really I, I, I have not seen Neon Genesis Evangelion. I know that's... Evangelion. I feel like we had a whole episode about this in the past. Now no Ev one knows how Evangelion? to pronounce that. I, st yeah. I still have no idea how to pronounce it. Le Lemoncello. Um, yeah, I haven't <laughs> seen that. I know it's... Uh, Peter yeah. I know it's uh, widely critically acclaimed. Then there's like the more I guess new... I don't know. Do you watch a lot of new anime, Zach? Or do you mostly watch um, the old classic stuff? So when it comes to anime now, I don't tend to... to watch a lot of it what i like since i'm since i'm also a story purist and a story completionist i tend to like reading manga more because after the like the big three from back in the day you know one piece bleach and naruto um that was when i was started was really getting into um anime and manga and that's when i realized that a lot of the times for the popular ones um they'll come up with like filler episodes and filler arcs mm -hmm. to, to give oh, yeah. the manga more time yeah. so a lot of the stories that i read now it's interesting because i um i'll read a story that like you know i don't hear anything about and all of a sudden oh there's an anime and it's it's that story like one of those actually that i highly suggest um our promised neverland um i've heard of that really, one yeah I love the ones that are like, oh, wow, that looks really cute. And then it's actually like viscerally dark and yes. gory and like brutal. So like Attack okay. on Titan is very much like that one too. But um, Our Promised Neverland, great. That was, I remember reading that one first. So um, when it comes to newer ones, uh, definitely 
there are a lot better newer ones coming out now. Um, but like, I feel like you kind of have to hunt a little bit, or at least be willing to watch the the subtitles because you know when it comes to anime sub versus dub, sub is always better. Like, um, no matter who you talk to if yeah. you really like anime it has to be subtitled because there's certain things that you just don't get um and it forces you to pay attention too in, in particular there's a um there's a it's not a miyazaki a hundred percent but there's a, a movie called um when marnie was there which is like a really really touching movie um honestly like it was um, a movie I was showed when my grandmother passed away, and like you know, one of those ones I always go back to, and it's really funny to me because if you watch the dubbed version, there's a twist with some of the characters that instead of you getting like the oh wow like like there's like something really sweet here with this dynamic in the dub version, it kind of it feels weird and it's translated off, so it, it kind of gives you this weird impression like. There's some weird lesbian thing going on with these two <laughs> female characters. And, like, so that's part of the reason why sometimes things just don't translate well. Like, you know, that's why in certain languages there's, like, barriers where they can't explain or articulate certain things in English because in their language there's there's no easy way to translate it. Oh. So I feel like that kind of happens sometimes. Oh, there's so nothing I, don't, I don't like dubs all the time. There's nothing better than English. I know that's, I know that's, I guess not a PC term now, but it's so funny. It really is. And not just like the, like the bad translations, but things like, uh, Osaka seafood concern. Like what, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it, yeah. So anyway, I, I asked Zach just because, so I've got some, some friends via the internet who, who have over the past couple of years recommended several newer anime to me. Okay like mostly like comedy ones and i don't know i all right some of them don't i don't really vibe with like a big one was konosuba which i know is really popular that sounds familiar i'd probably need to know what the premise is it's um, it's one of those ones a kid dies and then gets teleported to another world where he's got like oh, magical isekai. powers yeah the isekai i didn't want to try to pronounce the word but i knew i knew how to spell it but uh, um but it's it's like really beloved really like a it's like a comedy comical version it didn't like i just didn't really get the appeal of it like and i feel like that's been the case with a lot of these like these ones that are like have reached meme status because they are so popular and so beloved and i'm just kind of like I, I don't know i i don't know what it is i'm just not really so what other ones were it. they suggesting um there was dragon maid was one of them um, K on. Then, then I, I will bring why up. Why would they suggest K on? Like, I like K on. I've seen it, but that doesn't seem like one that, that one was cute. You would at like. Least. The- I, it was kind of boring, but it was cute. So I will. I do anyway. This is all just a really roundabout way to me answering a, a question about a good anime I liked, which was Kaguya-sama: Love Is War, which I actually That's did so think was extremely funny. And I can like that one worked for me, and I don't know why. But but most most of these other popular anime, they, they just like just the sense of humor just doesn't really like. I don't and it's and it's funny. Like I I I guess 
if you were to show like a Japanese 30 something, you know, Bojack horseman, maybe you'd go, what the fuck is that? This doesn't make any sense. I don't like this at all. What is the appeal? So I, I imagine it's just sort of a cultural thing, but like, it really is. I mean, this I, is what I mean. I was having that conversation yeah. with Becky yesterday where she's like, this all looks cool, but I have no idea what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think it looks cool, but I'm right, I'm right there with you. I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. So like that, that is entirely why they say and use the term Western audiences, Eastern audiences, because yeah. like because of the culture, um, the different areas of the world that we live in, the different people that we interact with, it feeds into that general sense and understanding of motifs that we are used to. So yeah. that's why it just there's certain things that are going to always um, be polarizing to people, or be like, mm-hmm. why did that? Why did they do that? Like, I feel like a lot of the audiences over on our side of the world, like we tend to like the nice little tidy wrap end of a story. Like, all right, there's a resolution. Like everybody you know gets what they need or like the resolve like usually if it's like something that doesn't wrap up a hundred percent neatly or just is a little gritty or messy if it's not in a way that um you know is not like screaming through all the foreshadowing through the entire movie it's just something that shocks people usually people don't like it um and we were just talking about that kind of stuff um, before we jumped on the podcast, so like I just yeah. find it very interesting, um, just to hear your guys' takes with um, a certain thing. So, yeah. just like you guys want me to see and sit through the the room, I feel like I should make you guys sit and watch Serial Experiments Lane yeah. and be just like, what just happened? What What is life? Mm-hmm. What is? Why are we here? No, yeah, Zach. Do it's you, also sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, uh, Zach. Do you recommend I'm uh, sober or uh, intoxicated or or tweaked while watching this? And follow up question: Should I also be violently ill to the point of fever? <laughs> I mean, really, any whatever conscious state of consciousness um, you happen to experience the show in is going to be the state of consciousness you experience the show in okay so you know it's really you can just do kind of a little bit of a russian roulette with that it doesn't really matter it's just it's an experience that's all i can really say okay um Uh, i want want to hear uh axe question Oh, I, I, no, I, I was going to make a point about, about tropes, you know, and, and again, it's, it's not even to me so much about like how clear or neatly wrapped up things are, but just like one thing that I find, I found interesting is I kept noticing tropes in a lot of these anime that leapt out at me because it, to me, it was, it was a trope that I wasn't used to seeing. So when I would see it repeatedly, like how I kept, you know, multiple of these shows would feature like, oh, it's our school culture fest. Let's do a maid cafe. And I kept seeing like over and over again. I'm like, maid cafe. Is that really like that's such a popular thing that it's like any show can reference it and everyone will just know what it is without having to have it explained. Yeah. And it's so, a very also easy fan service vehicle. Yeah, definitely. But so what I was thinking about with it is like, what's interesting is those tropes tropes of a similar tier are present 
in Western animation, it's just, I don't notice them because to me, that's just the normal story, the normal storytelling method. Right. You know, I feel like something like, uh, you know, how family guy introduced the boy, this is just like the time, you know, the kind of cutaway gag that you see in a lot of similar Western animation, Western adult themed animation you don't really see that in anime. So a lot of them might go, boy, they do that trope where they cut away to a non sequitur a lot in Western shows. That's fucking weird. Why do they do that so much? And to me, I can see that over and over again and not even realize it's a trope because to me, that's just how I've gotten used to stories being told. Maybe uh, that's a testament to creativity uh, mm. because you mentioned Family Guy and there's, I'd say maybe... Like maybe three times out of five, the cutaways uh, are relevant to the story and they're quick and they don't affect pacing at all. And you see this a lot in the older Family Guy episodes. But then it gets to a point where you can tell they had enough. They had an idea that was enough to fill five minutes of a 25 minute episode. <laughs> and then they're told we, we have 20 more minutes we need to do here. So let's mm-hmm. do, let's show an entire Conway Twitty performance. Uh, let's have one of those chicken fights. that just doesn't end. I think yeah. it's more testament. It's like the, the, the more absurd they get, it's because uh, th- there's just a lot of money involved, but not a lot of ideas. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. Cause anime is very story heavy. It's very narrative. It's, 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 uh, there's not a lot of filler. I mean, I guess it it depends on yeah. how you define that. Because I'm thinking of um, like Dragon Ball Super, for example. I watched every mm-hmm. episode of Dragon Ball Super, and, and shockingly, that's the only Dragon Ball series I've ever watched. I've, I've seen well, the first couple. Um, I've st- I will say that Dragon Ball Super probably like improved upon uh, a lot of the things that happened. Because like Dragon Ball and like Dragon Ball Z, like like one of the number one things that like it gets made fun of is just like eight episodes of ah! yeah. that's I mean that's what I was getting ready to, to, to dig on with super is that there's a, just a lot of episodes where they're like we have to we have to train for this fight against Beerus okay that that whole training thing there's a reason why it's a montage in the Rocky films <laughs> in Dragon Ball Super it's quite literally seven episodes yeah and it doesn't take the plot anywhere it just it, 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 it just inches it ever so progressively yeah. But, yeah, it's like yeah. what you were just talking about, only instead of on the scale of 25 minutes, it's we have a 24 episode season and two episodes worth of content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Zach, in terms of, well, you, you were talking about new anime. And uh, if, I, I guess a good resource for that is uh, Toonami on Saturday nights on uh, Adult Swim because they do play mm-hmm. a lot of uh, newer anime, but one that I, I guess this is flown under the radar because I didn't find any merch for it yesterday while in in several stores at the auburn mall that that are very pop culture oriented and have a lot of anime stuff in stock a show Mm -hmm. slash manga called made in abyss okay and uh, i haven't heard that one okay wow even zach oh made in abyss oh no that's oh 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 is that oh that sounds so familiar i'm gonna i'm going to chortle if i just made this up 
and no one is <laughs> no, no, it exists it's it is real i just can't remember what it's about oh it's about a giant uh uh hole in the in the world and people like go spelunking into it uh thanks to google it does exist <laughs> oh yeah. Be- okay so yeah before you continue jack this is what I meant. This is why I love anime because this is like there are so many animes like, oh, this is going to be a nice little anime. This is going to be great. That, yeah, that is one of those animes that has some really serious shit go on that you're just like not expecting that's happening to cute characters. And you're just like, why am I experiencing this and feeling this way right now? Yeah, that's that's why? one of those shows you're talking about fever dreams, waking up in the middle of a fever dream, waking up in the middle of the night. And you have sort of that like you just abruptly woke up and you're all disoriented and you're in a haze and an episode of Made in Abyss is playing. <laughs> that that will uh uh just screw you up seven ways from Sunday. Maynard and Abyss is about a giant hole in the earth and people like go splunking in it, but like the further down the hole you get, the more uh, fucked up you get. The more like occurrences start happening and it like it takes a toll on your body and it's about a kid whose uh mother I guess goes into the uh into the abyss they call it and never comes back. So she with a the help of a friendly robot goes on an excursion to uh, try to find her mother. And uh, the I think they're wrapping up the show on Adult Swim, the run that they're doing right now. But I, I the last episode I watched, there was just this one character who just keeps going, she's dying. She's dying. Look at how much diarrhea she's having. She's <laughs> dying. There's just diarrhea everywhere. They just wouldn't stop talking about diarrhea. And oh it, like, it's disgusting. But at the same time, it doesn't shock me in the least because it's Japanese animation. That does sound interesting. Yeah. Um, have either of you guys, by any chance, watched that new Junji Ito anime on Netflix? Ooh, Junji Ito. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. But um, he is. Ooh, have you ever um, have you ever read or seen um, Uzumaki? Because like, no, if I know that one. The the only one of his, the only one of his I I'm familiar with is the fault of Amigama. Do you know that one? <laughs> yeah, der 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 der. Yeah, right? that one. Did up and was like, oh shit, that was actually really creepy. Yeah, no, <laughs> now, it's super creepy. It's really creepy, and um, but uh, yeah, I guess it's just like a um, the new show on Netflix is just like a. Why am I drawing a blank on the word here? It, there's no, it's no one overarching plot. Each episode is a different short story by yeah, him. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure it's adapted from a manga, episodic uh, manga that he did. Because I remember reading a Junji Ito like that a, a while back. Uh, TheVerge.com uh, talking about the Netflix anthology. Junji Ito Maniac, Japanese Tales of the Macabre. Uh, yep. which yeah. features uh, adaptations of 20 different stories spread out across 12 episodes. Uh, some episodes are dedicated to a single idea, while others are split into two. Yeah, I have no idea if it's considered any good or not. I haven't heard any reviews about it. I just, I saw his name and went, oh shit, that guy. <laughs> he's, he's a prolific horror manga um, uh, writer. And in particular, Uzumaki was one of the first ones I read because like, I was like, all right, how can you make spirals scary? And he makes spirals scary in ways I was not considering. So, like, the fact <laughs> that like the, your, like the, the thing in your ear with like the co- cochlea, 
Um, mm. Wow. That, yeah. Oh, just. Mm. Oh, There's literally I, I just, Googled it, and ooh. some of the images coming up in the results are pretty unsettling. So. <laughs> yeah, I saw it that is too. Very, it is. It is very, I recommend reading it. Um, I think there's, I think it has an anime adaption. Okay. Um, well, you're talking, it's, it is really creepy. You're talking yeah, about spirals really being scary. I mean, there, there are people out there that are afraid of holes like Swiss cheese terrifies yeah. them. But yeah, Jack, I don't know if you've read this, uh, the, the enigma of Amigara fault. It's, it's no. like a 15 minute read. Okay. If you ever want to just sit down and read it, you'll probably recognize some of the images from reaction memes. Okay. Yeah. It's like oddly unsettling. It's it's just it's we it's not that like it's one of those that when you're done you're like, I don't know why that's that creepy. It doesn't seem like it should be that creepy, but it is. It got to me. <laughs> I love stuff like is, that. And this is why I especially love Japanese and like East Asian horror in general. Yep. Because it's like a lot of that stuff is just like, mm-hmm. whoa, that was just like uh, creepy in a way I was not expecting. Yep. Uh, when I worked at the radio station and I would have to get up at, uh, you know, four o'clock in the morning on weekends, um, they're, they're truly, this is, I'm, I'm really like hammering home this whole, you know, fever dream slash waking up in a haze watching anime, but that truly was one of my favorite things to do was like leave Axe parents' house at like 12 or one in the morning, mm-hmm. go home, fall asleep on the couch for three hours. And that being the only three hours of sleep I was going to get, but having uh, adult swim anime on for those three hours and just having it oh, serenade no. me while I'm sleeping. And I remember a show called, uh, Dead Man Wonderland, which the first episode is just nothing but gore and blood curdling screams. And boy, was that just pleasant to sleep to. I'm I'm glad that that's what you remember, because for me, what I remember are the endless reruns of Inuyasha and the same three fucking seasons playing over and over again and don't be digging on don't be digging on my girl kagome uh kagome inuyasha oh yeah sashomaru every 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 episode every other line is kagome yelling inuyasha literally everyone says everyone's name like that uh, do you like, know there's it's a, just you could just go the you could just go to the whole show just everybody just saying each other's name like a Pokemon and it would be enough. And they have a sequel like, series that's been playing on Adult Swim that that uh, I know Kagome has shown up. I don't think uh, Inuasha has, but it's about their. Kid. I have seen a little bit of it. I'm not. I wasn't really into it. Um, just like you know, um, you guys were actually last uh, in the conversation you're having with uh, Nate. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Ruroni Kenshin. Yes at all so like that's one of those shows where it's like i love that show i love everything about it but like if you look up any of the information about the artist or like the the writer behind it like he's real problematic oh dear not good like i believe if i remember correctly it you know it involves children in some some Ew. sense. Oh god, that's like, I don't like, like those words in that order. That sounds like uh uh John Critch Falsy, John K from uh Ren Stimpy. 
Oh yeah. When those allegations, oh, those revelations came out yeah. a couple of years ago. That yeah. made me feel really uncomfortable because like I think everybody recalls watching Ren and Stimpy and being like, There's something wrong with this show. And like I'm kind of surprised my parents are letting me watch this. Wait, like, yeah. I remember thinking that a lot. Wait a minute. The, you you mean the guy who wrote a whole cartoon about magic nose hairs was infatuated with children? Surely you jest. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, about, uh, Yasha, Yasha Hime, Princess Half Demon, and I guess it's Inuasha and uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Sashimaru's character, uh, daughter. But Kagome does play a role in the show. I, I had to correct myself. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, fellow mouth breathers. I had to correct myself. I've never seen an episode of Inuyasha, but I feel like I know it pretty well from all the deviant art pages. Oh, yeah. Kagome's a babe. <laughs> Okay. I, it just—it seems like one of those, you know, that like every uh, like back in eighth grade, like it was like the fan art uh, main. It was it was Twilight before Twilight is my understanding. Oh yeah, totally, totally, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like I grew up on the internet within the time frame of Gaia Online, in which it was in the oh, height of yes. Inuyasha love. So I am very familiar with. Inuyasha and like uh, you know uh, uh, the the term of bishies. Oh like, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm remembering a lot of things from that time frame now. Oh, but that yeah. was also the time of the early times of scene girl hair in 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 that that era. Um, Man, I wonder if I still have my Gaia online account. I was actually I remember. Um, back in like 2017 or something random, because um, my account got locked and like I had lost the um, like email and everything, and I sent in a thing asking to unlock the account, and then they finally did like in 2021, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, cool, I can log into this account now. Yeah, um, you're lucky. We haven't really been answering any community service emails since the Iron Curtain fell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, oh, yeah, so I did look up uh, to clarify. So the uh, creator of Rurouti Kenshin um, was, uh, he was arrested on charges of possession of child pornography DVDs. He pleaded guilty and confessed to being a pedophile attracted to girls in elementary and middle school. So that's the guy behind Rurouni Kenshin. So, like, that's like... For me, knowing that, like, I'm not saying anybody else has to make the decision, but, like, it was hard to... It's hard to go back and, like, rewatch that. And I'm, like, just really hoping that nothing comes out about the guy that made Yu Yu Hakusho because that was... That show was fire. That was a good show. Yeah. I'm sure, Zach, all these are uh, available to enjoy on Funimation and or Crunchyroll. Oh, yeah. Or or, or various, um, you know, uh, streaming sites that still exist out there for anime. Nice. Freecartoonpirate.ru You want to know who uh, created one of the best animes that we actually, it's gone under the radar, all right? Um, but it's been around for a really long time. Zach, probably so obscure that you've never even even heard of it. I'm actually blanking on the name of it, but I, I know the guy who created it, uh, and his name is George Santos. That, I, I, I fucking knew that's where you're going with this. We oh, call wait, that uh, a segue. 
<laughs> Didn't he? Yeah, he made a, a, a Ultron, right? Yeah, Ultron. <laughs> George Santos adamantly denies allegations that he was not on Namek during the final showdown with Freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was my uh, that was my segue. Um, Perfect. As much as I want to keep talking about anime, I I know Zach especially wants to talk about this George Santos stuff. So yeah, that, um, that was yes, a good one. I, so. I can always I, I like to think I've gotten pretty good at telling when you're about to do a bit, Jack. And I could tell I was like, this is going to be a bit. And then as <laughs> as it was going, I was going, oh, this is going to be a George Santos bit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I do it for the reaction. I do it for your reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, George Santos, uh, if uh, you don't know who he is, he's a Republican who just lies a lot. I mean, he, he makes Brian Williams look like he's telling the truth. But uh, George Santos uh, caught in a web of lies and not I, I'm talking like one of those spiders from Skyrim that drops down during the like the oh, tutorial. That's it's fascinating. Better. And yeah. better and be deeper and just more complex and goes in uh, so many different directions. Yeah, this is uh, it's impressive. If I could it's just like every time you try to find a baseline, like one true thing is like a flag you can plant in order to like tether yourself to as you as you investigate the other the the lies. There, there is no baseline of truth. We know nothing mm-hmm. about this guy. Everything is false. It's like, like quite literally, everything comes. It seems like everything comes out of his mouth. It's just a lie. Like he, yeah. he has every opportunity. All he has to do is just say one thing factual, and it just he's a compulsive liar. What I find fascinating about people like you know, I think Trump fits into this category as well. Is is people like Santos? If he hadn't run for congress he could quite possibly still be happily grifting to this day yeah but when you willingly put yourself in a national spotlight what the fuck do you think is going to happen (laughs) people are going to look up and verify the things you're saying Mm -hmm. i mean like if you're a compulsive liar just fucking get a menial job and compulsively lie there. Go be the guy at the Seven Eleven who says he owns a chupacabra as a pet. You know, <laughs> right? That's fine. Don't go hold national press conferences where people can go, "Hi, yeah, I just looked up on my smartphone that thing you just said. It took three seconds, and you're lying." <laughs> you know? Like, just don't put yourself in that situation. Right. Especially when you're a compulsive liar and you have a track record of lying and obfuscating all of the things in your history. The thing is, when you have a platform where people can then see you and people Mm -hmm. that remember things and have the receipts, they will make sure to post about it. And then that's how you end up with us finding out that you are a drag queen in Brazil. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. 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 It's Mm. it's post Internet. Any hope anyone has of hiding things from their past they gotta get over that shit now yeah no, yeah, yeah you bet you <laughs> might as well talk about it just like listen I, I i i was in a porn at at 27 here's mm-hmm. the link to it i am not proud of it let's just get this shit out of the way i kicked yep. a puppy when i was seven um <laughs> i smacked my grandmother in the face <laughs> <laughs> 
Ack, you know what we never found out because Zach Zach made this offhand comment, but it is reminded me of something in all sincerity. Remember the gentleman who's uh, who, with whom we shared a home for during a week in the summer of 2011? Yes. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. And remember when he said just and he he himself it was an offhand comment that he did porn. Yeah, and we never found it. Well, yeah, I I never looked. <laughs> oh. We weren't looking. <laughs> I mean, maybe you were looking. I don't think I did. I don't think Kate ever needed to look because he gave her a full show for free. Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> Just like, I mean, that was prison mentality, man. I mean, that yeah. guy was fresh out of the joint. He. Uh, what are you guys talking about? Maybe you're better off not knowing. Yeah, let's just say we we once shared a vacation home unknowingly with a former inmate who liked to hang dong around the building. I heard he was hung. I'm sure he was. Yeah, uh, and I, and I'd like to say hello to him because I think he listens to the show. But anyway, okay. um, uh, George Santos, NewYorkMag.com. Uh, j- just a quick bullet list. Here's every single lie told by George Santos. Ahem. Uh, he lied about where he went to high school and college. Uh, he never worked on Wall Street. He also lied about founding an animal charity. He allegedly swindled a disabled vet whose dog was dying. Oh, there he goes, Zach, kicking dogs. Yeah. Uh, it's unclear if his mother's death was related to 9-11. His grandmother was definitely not a Holocaust victim. And he did not have employees who died in the Pulse nightclub shooting. Yeah. So I've actually heard uh, three different iterations of the mom thing so first was uh he said his mother died his mother i forget exactly how he worded it but it was a little bit vague he said something like my mother died from 9-11 then he claimed when it was found out she died like 20 years after 9-11 or you know many years after 9-11 he said it was from uh smoke inhalation, you know, lung problems as a result of 9-11, which is at least feasible. Yeah. Uh, And then more recently, it came out his mother was not in the state of New York on 9-11. I I, I think she was not even in the country. (laughs) She was in Brazil. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Brazil. Hmm. Go on. I mean, I'm sure you could like... uh, inhaling something in that part of the world and dying from it but mm-hmm. uh that's a that's a, a little bit of a hike in terms of distance from yeah. new york if i if, yeah. if i know my geography correctly yeah um do you want to hear some audio from uh, uh believe it's from nbc uh, santos uh, arriving at an airport the other day and then getting heckled Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, here we go. Uh, Representative George Santos heckled, hounded with questions at LaGuardia Airport. The saga of freshman Congressman George Santos continued today as the man accused of lying about everything from his finances to his work experience landed back in New York amid growing calls for his resignation. I an artist. I Congressman George Santos heckled by someone at LaGuardia Airport where he landed this afternoon before being hammered with questions over his increasingly checkered past and claims he's been hiding out in D.C. to avoid his constituents. And I have spoken with the voters. I've been in district the whole week. I've been taking constituent calls. I've received federal grant applications for projects in the district. And I look forward to serving the people. Uh, I'm just going to say right now, everything he said was probably a lie 
And he's probably not looking forward to doing any of that, including serving the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. We continue. Santos never broke stride as he was followed by a gaggle of reporters deflecting and dodging. Oh. Was your mother at the World Trade Center on Guys, 9-11? Look, look, this isn't how you conduct an, uh, an interview. Santos refused to answer questions about whether his mother was inside the World Trade Center during 9-11, a story the congressman has repeatedly told, and one which a researcher told us isn't possible. She was in Brazil for years before and after, so she could not have been in New York on 9-11. It's just one more lie on top of all the other lies, but this is somehow that much more significant because it's in, for New York, it's a seminal event. In a week of extreme ups and downs, Santos had his Twitter account suspended and had to deny claims he stole thousands of dollars meant for a veteran's dying service dog. On the other hand, Santos was just approved to two House committees and reportedly has the backing of House leadership. State Assemblyman Charles Levine also governs in Santos's district. It's heartbreaking. This is just the complete exercise in cynicism. He is their Frankenstein. He is their creation. We now have to figure out how to exist with him. In one of his latest tweets, Santos posted about immigration and claimed Democrats don't want to fix it. Uh, Also, according to Santos, uh, immigration doesn't exist and has never been a problem. Uh, so 9-11, not really one of those things. It's kind of like the Holocaust, right? You just don't make fun of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, in a, yeah. not make fun of it, but like you don't make, let me backtrack. You don't make out- outrageously stupid claims about it. Yeah. If you, if you didn't die in 9-11, don't claim you died on 9-11. 9-11. Yeah. Um, I, I do like how he, when he was brushing off the reporters too, that he just throws this, uh, this stopper out there. Look, this isn't how you conduct an, uh, an interview. They're not interviewing you, dude. They're throwing yeah. questions yeah. at you. We know this isn't how you conduct an interview. You shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Ak, how do you, how do you feel? And then uh, Zach, I do want to, uh, just hear what you think just in general, but Ak, how do you feel about, um, the fact that he's still getting support from the GOP and there's only few Republicans out there that are uh, distancing themselves from him. Entirely unsurprised. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure this is a, a, a matter I sound like a broken record on whenever we've talked about Trump, Trump in the past, but um, I do think these acts that to us are really like heinous and upsetting and obvious proof of one's unfitness to lead. Um, it's, it's kind of the point of the party at this point, right? It's a grievance party that exists to tell the other 60% of Americans, fuck you. We hate you. Um, we can do what we want. Deal with it. Um, and I think so. So when I found out that not only are they not moving to like censor, Santos, but actually appointing him to various committees, I was entirely unsurprised. They, they like uh, a, a running gag I like to do now in a, in a politics group I'm in is anytime there's a news story about some sort of like lunatic, um, like random person who just does or says something completely insane and horrible, my first response is they will be giving the opening speech at CPAC next year. <laughs> like that's just. 
as soon as we see something that goes, oh, that's really bad, our next thought should be Republicans are going to reward this behavior. Yep. Uh, I'll take it one step further. Santos 2024. Yeah. He, <laughs> you know, they'll probably say, uh, you, you weren't born in America. And he'd go, shrug. <laughs> Why would that stop me? He'd shrug and say, I, I, was, I was right I'm right here. I got my birth certificate right here. It says Barack Hussein Obama on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's just a bunch of bazooka bubblegum wrappers taped together. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very quickly, they made fun of Santos on uh, Saturday Night Live this past weekend. And mm-hmm. I do love, I, I don't know if irony is the right word, but I just love that Bowen Yang was playing George Santos. Bowen Yang is Asian. <laughs> oh, that is, that is beautiful. <laughs> uh, here's uh, audio from that. I understand we have a new sideline reporter. Well, that's right. When we saw this guy's resume, we had to give him a shot. Heisman Trophy winner, more championships than Tom Brady. Please welcome Congressman George Santos. Thank you. I'm proud to be the first African-American quarterback (laughs) to ever dunk a football. And where did you play college ball again? The University of College. I'm just saying I didn't do drag in Brazil under the name Kitara Ravache. Whoever did, though, was very, very good at it and won many, many pageants. <laughs> that was good. No, they didn't. Uh, Zach, I think you you and I were... We were talking about this on our, on our group chat on Facebook over the weekend, but um, mm-hmm. I think you alluded to having some thoughts about him and him doing drag in, uh, in Brazil. Honestly, like, first of all, if you look into um, some of the the news stories about it, it becomes a lot more compelling when you recognize that um, one of the most common threads is that his full name is, I believe, um, George Anthony DeVolder Santos. Mm -hmm. So there's Wikipedia articles that reference um, him being on Hannah Montana of all fucking things um, as a um, uh, I believe it referenced him as being a drag uh, drag artist um, and like being on the show in that capacity. Um, And when you like realistically, when you look at like the timeline for this guy, the fact that he just kind of came out of nowhere with all of this um, and looking back at this past as a drag queen, um, Actually, reading a little bit about it, uh, one of the comments was that um, uh, guitar was never glamour, and that's that's a very shady comment. Um, <laughs> and that makes me think that perhaps that George um, has a complex where he really needs to be like involved or feel like at the font of or like you know. Um, in control in some sense because like the fact that like I have a feeling there's probably quite a few career ventures that have failed um, and very interesting that um, he just has found the conservative movement and in particular it's a great time for this because um, at this point nobody can really look at the Republican Party and say, Oh yeah, this is the party of morals or any of that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't look at any of the thing that happens within even a a 
a one hour news cycle and think yeah. that the Republican Party is about governing, about doing anything serious. The mm-hmm. fact that they chose to still give him committee placements is should one, yes, like you're saying, act not be surprised because this is blatantly strategic. Why would they yeah. want to give up? They're not seeing George Santos. They're seeing Republican seat of power and number that will help us solidify what we need to do. That's yeah. all they care about. They don't give a fuck about morals. Yeah. They don't give a fuck about what comes out of anybody's actual mouths. As long as they can obfuscate and do what they got to do with the 24-7 news cycle and keep you know, shucking and jiving and just, like, trying to dodge reporters in the hallways and all this. And, you know, when they are um, given a chance to talk, just trying to force a narrative that they think will be the thing that is picked up. They're just doing exactly what they need to do to try and, you know, be under the radar enough so that they don't get enough flack so they can keep doing the things that they're going to do. Because even if you tried to be a barrier for them, they would still go in and, you know do all the things that they say that they're going to do, like, you know, um, pretty much making us take care of the rest of the country and then letting, like, the top 1% of people not do anything mm-hmm. anymore. Because, like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, I actually, part of me even wonders if they prefer it to be as maximally offensive as possible. You know, because I'm always reminded of just the 2016 Republican primary, how, you know, look at a politician like, you know, John Kasich or Jeb Bush. Mm -hmm. These are guys who they're still going to do all the same things that to me as a liberal are offensive, like they're going to repeal a woman's right to bodily autonomy. They're going to, you know, uh repeal, um, you know, any sort of safety regulations and, and make, uh, you know, any sort of government oversight that keeps like lead out of our food, things like that. You know, they're, they're, they're still going to do policy wise things that I don't like, but at least, you know, you look at a John Kasich like figure and he's got like a polite demeanor. He's makes overtures of bipartisanship you know that kind of polite normal statesman and the republican party and mass pretty much told him nah fuck that shit we want donald trump who will whip out his dick piss in the face of every democrat he sees and laugh that's what we want we want all that bad policy stuff but we want it in the package that's as maximally offensive to you as we can get And I think George Santos has kind of fallen into that as well. I think he's going to be a major player for the Republicans because they're going to say, they're going to say, you really hate this fucking guy. So, okay, more of him then because fuck you. And that's the point. Mm -hmm. What you just said, and I have this Reuters article up, uh, which is going over his drag queen background, but it does mention at one point, this is, this is what I am questioning is how, He's openly gay, right? But he ran as an openly gay man, yes. But he's yes. Uh, but he's against the don't say or no, he's in support of the don't say gay law in Florida. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh and again, similar to you know, and I don't want to step out of my lane here, but similar to the the Herschel Walker in Georgia thing of you can run a black candidate and it doesn't change the fact that your platform is inherently anti-black. 
Um, I think the myth of the log cabin Republican is that they've, they've still chosen to identify themselves with an inherently anti-LGBT agenda. And no matter how gay they themselves may or may not be, does not change that fact. Okay. You don't, you don't, you don't think, <laughs> um, well, you don't think it's just for show that like, he just wants the, despite being a blatant liar, uh, he just wants the support of his fellow Republicans, so he's just going to uh, agree with them that uh, hey, don't say gay. Let's not teach us. Let's, let's give parents to, the rights to choose what their kids are taught in schools. Never mind the fact that I myself am gay. It's it's the it's the phenomenon of um, trying to be like I feel the the ideal whatever you can be for that demographic. So like, you know, it's funny you bring that up back and I'm, I'm thinking, I saw an article um, recently where um, Byron Donalds was sent a copy of uncle Tom's cabin. Mm-hmm. And um, as, as a member of the black delegation, um, that is uh, also a very shady action um, because they're basically calling him an uncle Tom mm-hmm. because we understand that the Republican Party tends to p- find these people and uses them as caricatures. Like specifically, yeah. there's a lot of examples for for black people. You got Candace Owens. You got Herman Cain. Mm-hmm. Um, this Diamond dude, and Silk. Walker. I'm sorry, just Silk. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. I thought that. I, honestly, I thought that was like a Pokemon thing for so long. Like when she like passed away, and like that's when I finally realized, oh, this is a person. Oh, okay. I thought like this is some weird. Pokemon. I never played that generation. (laughs) 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 Now she's nothing Um, more than a missing no. (laughs) But like, it doesn't surprise me, um, especially because like there is a such thing as, you know, a self-hating insert minority here. um, Mm. And like for someone like I can only imagine the kind of cognitive dissonance you need to be to like be openly gay and be willingly part of the conservative movement. It's the same reason like I don't yeah. understand when there's black people that do that. And to me, the only way I can read that is there's a deep degree of cognitive dissonance. There's some weird understanding of self-acceptance that they have where like mm-hmm. for some reason that's the easier breakdown yeah. for them. I'm one of the good ones. Exactly. That's and it's like, mindset, and yeah. It's that cult of pseudo intellectualism. It's that mm-hmm. idea that like I'm better than X demographic or X group because I think and believe and act this way. It's it's the whole it's like the whole identity behind like, you know, the the pick me and like the yeah. um like the like femme culture and like um you know the the model my minority and that that's yeah, that's exactly. the whole thing too. Yeah. So like it it plays a totally on that and the conservatives would eat that shit up and like because their base would also be willing to regurgitate that because the the ones that are, you know, aware enough to want to pull in those kind of people too. Like, well, yeah, you know, this is the only good black person. This is the only good gay person. This is the only good Asian person. Cause like, that's, mm-hmm. that's exactly how they would rather frame it. Because if you can't do that, then you might as well not exist in their purview or world at all. Yeah. So it's really as simple as that. Yep. 
Do you think George Santos was a hot drag queen? Um, I've seen worse looking congressmen. I mean, like, <laughs> I've seen better drag queens, honestly. Can you imagine uh, Mitch McConnell as a drag queen? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I am now. <laughs> I okay. Oh, if, I wish I could give you the image that my brain just gave me. Can I? Because, can I pitch wow. his name? Yeah, Tortoise yes. O'Hare. <laughs> I like that. Tortor O'Hare. Do you remember the episode of the Rugrats where, like, I can't remember if like it's Tommy filming a commercial or something happens where Tommy is basically dressed up like a girl. And he's wearing, yeah. he's got like Goldilocks, he's wearing like a Goldilocks wig and like a, mm-hmm. uh, like a, dr- like a dress, a blue dress. And of course he's got his diaper cause he's Tommy Pickles. Now yep. just, just replace Tommy Pickles face with that of Mitch McConnell's <laughs> complete with the diaper. There you go. Okay. Cool. Oh wait. Um, have, have you guys, do you guys remember like the, the, the memes where people were like face swapping, uh, Trump with, uh, Queen Elizabeth? Yes. Because, like, I feel like that's definitely the direction to go. I feel like, you know, I feel like, you know, Mitch would probably make a really nice, like, southern a southern grandma. Like, racist as fuck, but make a nice southern grandma. You know, modern-day Atticus Finch. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost had a Watchmen version of Atticus Finch, not the lovable one that uh, defended Boo Radley. <laughs> Yep. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's George Santos, uh, Ack or Zach. I don't know if uh, either of you have any additional thoughts or feelings about that. Uh, let me just look at his list of lies again, real quick, to see if anything jumps out. Yeah, I mentioned about the nine eleven thing. Oh, yes, I knew there was one I was forgetting. So one of the charities, I think this was about the animal oh, yes, charity yeah. he lied about. Yes. Um. He apparently, so he's, you know, he's used multiple names that he's mixed and matched over the years. He picked one, apparently, for one of his charities to present himself as more Jewish because he believed that would make people donate more money. They yes, believed he yep. was Jewish. Uh, Which, again, just one of those really weird and uncomfortable things to get caught doing. Yeah, there's... Mm-hmm. That that goes back to what I was saying about like you don't you don't you don't really tell lies you don't really stretch the truth when it comes to nine eleven or the Holocaust mm-hmm. you don't that you just don't do it yeah uh, the other thing I will say is I think what we're seeing right now um, is um, the beauty of a floundering um, compulsive liar because if you look at especially the way that he's responded to the drag queen stuff like that to me has been the most telling because everything else he has either blatantly ignored or like given some sort of blanket statement that's mm-hmm. the like the drag queen stuff is the only the answers that he's given has started to break down over time and also been like very like in first he immediately denied it and then like the most recent thing he was saying is like well yeah like, you know i dressed up like a like a girl for like a festival but like that doesn't mean anything i just like to have mm-hmm. fun it's like it kind of feels like he's grasping for angles and that might be something that actually shook him especially like just understanding the lingo and knowing um, 
the 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 queen that like posted his information and like put it out there and like explained that like yeah just basically she said he couldn't hack it he could not make it um as a drag queen uh, he just didn't have that he didn't have the glamour he didn't mm-hmm. he couldn't do it um and like to me i feel like um, so especially into an easier career u.s congress <laughs> i mean yeah sure i don't I, again i cannot understand what level of cognitive dissonance he must be going through to be an openly gay um man especially a minority as well but like mm-hmm. the self-hate makes a lot of sense you know wanting to be like i feel like that would be a very especially if you're already used to kind of transforming and obfuscating and like uh, hiding aspects of yourself to try and get a leg up in some sense. It just, it kind of tracks. It, it just kind of tracks for what he's trying to do and why he chose the conservative party because there's a, 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 a great amount of insanity going on right there that like, you know, of course they would prop him up. I mean, look at what just happened with Herschel Walker. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. Like this is someone that's very, at least in, aware enough and intelligent enough to recognize that like he could do what he did and he did it like to me that is more of the thing that we like over time i think we'll look back and like you know as much of a con artist and a scam artist as this dude is the fact that he was able to do this with the modern conservative party should illustrate everything you need to know about what they actually stand and represent which is Mm -hmm. nothing yeah, it's exactly. just self-interest. It's like I, I'm not going to say like the I'm not going to say the Democrats are good or equal. There's I know that there's issues. I don't. They're politicians. Can we shut up and mm-hmm. just a- acknowledge that they are all politicians? They're all going to be flawed. Or we should not have this rose rosy eyed glasses thing. What we're expecting to have politicians. We we should hate. All of our politicians, politicians should go to bed every single night in fear and in terror of the American people. And that's the way that this fucking country should be run. <laughs> in my opinion. Zach Ward, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, this act when you're saying that uh, Santos, uh, the whole claiming to be Jewish thing, you know, that reminded me of and she's not a politician, but she uh, was a more of a quote unquote activist. Uh, Rachel Dolezal. Yeah. Delazel. Uh, did you know that she apparently has an OnlyFans? Oh, no, really? Uh, it's just one of those things uh, I see pop up every now and again. Like, remember Rachel Dolezal? You can buy her feet pics for only $14.99 a month or something. Oh. <laughs> I was shocked to learn that she was born in 1977. She looks like, she, in the photo that Wikipedia has up, she looks like she's in her 60s. It, it's it's huh. like the same thought I had when I realized that... Uh, uh, d- d- Alex Jones isn't in his fifties yet. He's like forty nine. Like, no, you're oh not. My God. No, you're not. No, there's yeah. no way that this lady's uh, Boy, in her early forties. Hate, hate ages you a lot. I mean, it really does. Hate and and not minding your own goddamn business. Mm-hmm. It'll age you real fast. Now, do men do OnlyFans or is it only women? I assume you can. I I, it, I think sure it's one of do. those things where technically it's not a porn site, right? You could, if you wanted to, host Hardly Focused on OnlyFans.com. There's no rule stopping you. It just, I think the general idea is that anything that doesn't ban pornography will eventually become primarily known for pornography. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, look at Tumblr. Well, Who yeah. uses Tumblr anymore? 
Well, they almost <laughs> uh, took pornographic content off OnlyFans last year. Remember that? That was a big. Yeah, that was a whole thing. That was a big to do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Paige Spiranek, who, who I affectionately call Pancakes, because she is stacked. She's that. <laughs> she's the uh, golf lady. Um, she started. Uh, people keep saying start an OnlyFans, start an OnlyFans, and she was adamant against doing it, despite being like Maxim's sexiest woman of the year last year, and uh, always posting suggestive things on social media. Well. She did. She did. Oh. She went one further. She created uh, only page. She took. <laughs> she took OnlyFans. And she she made her own version of it. That's how you do it. Yeah, why not? If you've already got a built-in following. The thing that also disgusts me is you reminded me, Jack, that uh, uh, Danielle Brigoli, um, you know, uh, fucking. Oh, uh, she actually. Cash me outside, right? That, that yeah, check? yeah, yeah. The fact that, like, I'm th- pretty sure them, like, when she turned 18 and she started her OnlyFans, she got like a d- disgusting amount of money. That makes me very uncomfortable to think about. That's fascinating. Like, Did you say yeah, the hoes are laughing? Really bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the audience are a bunch of hoes. <laughs> uh yeah uh, daniel bergoli kiss me outside how about that she's 18 really i always thought she was still, like... well um i remember like uh, hearing that like she like posted like i think a countdown or something on it and oh, that's then, like, always weird yeah and i mean the, i the guess thing it's is, like people jumped i mean well people men jumped on it Oh, so, um, yeah, she's 19. I guess it's she's if she's doing it herself, that's less weird, but it's still weird. It's, it's like, just, I, it's just like, yeah, it was that big thing when Millie Bobby Brown turned 18 and it was trending because it was like, oh, men the world over are celebrating that Millie Bobby Brown is 18. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, why? I've she's still about still no less too young for you than she was yesterday you fucks <laughs> i mean i i uh still love opie and anthony but i do very vividly remember them doing a countdown to when Lindsay lohan turned 18 God. and look what happened to Lindsay lohan she's a fucking maniac now yeah well, well she's, that's I, she's doing better she is she's, doing she's, better i should take better that. yeah, in, re- yeah. In, in recent years especially i think in like the last couple of years she's actually kind of come out on the other side and now she's she's starting to pick it back up but i mean listen being like not just a uh a, a child actor but also like a uh, uh a pop star of the female variety um i can only imagine the kind of bullshit she's had to dodge so like i am yeah. just glad that she's relatively well adjusted and able to do things for herself because oh my god um, I was actually, um, I know we're probably going to be checking out here soon, not to open up a new tangent, but, like, the thing that kind of surprises me is the fact that, like, um, Paris Hilton is a completely different person now. And then, you know, if you look up, like, some of the shit that she went through, she was put in the um, the problem teen industry. She was put in one of those schools where they, like, fuck kids up for life. Mm-hmm. Um and like she basically um, did all that stuff, like and like became like a like you know uh, pop culture person afterwards, and she created that persona. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if you actually like uh, look up information on her now and like um, and hear kind of talk about some of that stuff, it's just like it is really crazy and mind blowing um, what some people have been through. Oh. But um, any child celebrity who makes it to adulthood without crippling mental health issues is a miracle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm also very happy that Macaulay Culkin doesn't look like a ghoul anymore and will probably be alive for some years. Because, yeah. like, there is a period of time where he had, there are some bad pictures of him. Yeah, but he's married to, what's her name, Brenda Strong? She's an Asian actress. I think she does, like, a lot of voice acting, too. His wife's hot. Oh. Like, you look at Macaulay Culkin now, and you look at his wife, and you're like, how the hell did this come together? How, how, did, the man, how did the front man of the Pizza Underground land that? <laughs> Um, all right. Very good. Uh, let's wrap with that. Um, Zach, thank you for being here. Always appreciate yes. it. And, uh, Ak, thank you for being here as well. Yes. My name is Ak and I did go to high school with you guys. Those weren't <laughs> lies at all. <laughs> and, uh, to the rest of you, if you've made it all the way to the end of this episode, if there's anything that we discussed here that you want to, uh, comment on, leave feedback about, ask questions or berate us for, you can at hardlyfocused.com slash contact. Uh, also the name of a, uh, 1997 film starring Jodie Foster, uh, hardlyfocused.com slash contact. Uh, and with that, we will talk at you next time. Thank you for listening. See ya. Bye. Goodbye. Manifestation may not have happened.